0: Welcome, pilgrims, to another episode. I hope you're having a great day from wherever you're listening from. Uh, As always, my name is Ash. Today I am joined by a special guest. He is uh, becoming a dear friend of the faith and someone that uh, I trust very well and wanted to bring on for this episode specifically because uh, Tom, who uh, is from Smithfield Baptist Church, also runs the reformers bookshop here in sydney so tom why don't you say hey and tell us a little bit about yourself
1: hey thanks for thanks for having me on ash um so a little bit about myself as you mentioned i I go to smithfield baptist church and and i run reformers bookshop that takes up a large amount of my time the rest of my time is taken up with my family i'm i'm married with four kids now wow Um, so that's enjoyable (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, keeps and keeps me out of trouble. Keeps you busy. Yeah,
0: oh, that's good. And what is it about uh, running the Reformers Bookshop that you love the most?
1: Well, I I love um, my my job in particular involves choosing books that we're that we're going that we're gonna stock here. So we're very careful with our range, and so I enjoy looking at, at the new books that are coming onto the market. But what I really love about it is that I get to choose which books we promote, mm. and so. Um, it's, it's always fun to see uh, a book that's really impacted me, a book that I know is, is good and will be very helpful for people go out into the hands of, of many, many people out across Australia and New Zealand. So,
0: You're very specific in what you have here. How does that work? Uh, what are some of the things that you wouldn't find?
1: I believe that uh, there is some use of reading things that you disagree with. Um, but what we're here for as a bookshop is to promote and encourage people to read books that align with uh, the Bible. And because everyone says that they align with the Bible, mm. we have to define that in a yeah. particular way. And so we are a reformed bookshop, which means that we every book in here holds to, or teaches what you'd find in something like the Westminster Confession of Faith or the Savoy Declaration or the 1689 Baptist Confession. So that's that's where we're we're um trying to encourage people to read because um what you believe and what you believe the Bible says impacts how you live mm. and impacts um, how how you're going to view your life and it's so it's very important I believe mm. that you're reading good material um, primarily
0: so the reason that we wanted to bring you on on this episode is because we want to talk about the importance of studying theology because uh, it can get kind of scary i guess of where to start or you have to kind of go for your phd go to a university or seminary or or something like that like you have to do lots and lots of hours of extra study but is that the case or should we not be scared to to study theology at whatever level we're at
1: well I'm not sure of, um, of you, where, where your different listeners are at I and mean, if you're listening, I'm not sure where you're at in particular, so we might even need a back to why should you even read in the first place um, And it's if you have a think about knowledge, right, um, you only have three ways of knowing something. well really two, but you'll see how that sort of splits into three. Uh, you can find something out for yourself. So you can live an experience and learn something that way, which is the most time-consuming and painful yes. way of learning. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or you can have someone tell you something that they have learned. Um, and so you can have that in live teaching right. by someone who's alive. Um, or you can have that through someone who's dead or not live in front of you. So And the only way you can really get that is through reading. Mm. And so if you, if you aren't reading... Uh, what you're doing is you're missing out on 2000 plus years of accumulated experience mm. and knowledge um, and you're really shooting yourself in the foot <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah. that that's why you should read and in terms of reading theology well again you're are you mm. going, you're gonna have to try and either work everything out yourself or just learn from the one or two or three different people who you can spend some time listening to, maybe your pastors or your friends or something like that, or the one or two guys that you follow on YouTube. Um, But when you start reading, you open yourself up to a huge range of thought and experience about who God is and what He's like and how we can live the Christian life that you just won't get Mm -hmm. if you're not digging into books.
0: For, For some of our listeners and from my own background, uh, the, the common thing is I don't need religion, I just need Jesus, I don't need theology, I just need Jesus. There's those kinds of things that come out where it's not about what a book can tell me, but what I experience and what I feel. Uh, how do yeah. you balance that out?
1: No, that's a that's a good good question. People do often say that sort of thing, like we just need Jesus mm-hmm. and we don't need to know all this stuff. But I guess the question that you need to come back with is, well... Let's imagine you really like a girl, right? We're both guys. So if you're a girl, you can imagine you like a guy. But um, do you just want to hang out with that person and not learn anything about them? And is, is that going to be satisfying? Are you going to grow in your relationship if you're just in the same sort of vicinity as them, right? Mm-hmm. Or if you feel nice feelings about them, right? Uh, well, no. The way you grow in a relationship is you grow in knowledge of that mm. person and that actually increases those feelings that you have as well so they're not mutually exclusive uh, the more i know about my wife the more i love my wife mm. the more she knows about me the more she hates me but <laughs> no not not true at all <laughs> but that knowledge breeds uh, affection right mm. um and you, you start to know oh that that little look that she just gave me i know what that means right, right? because i've been around her long enough and or I know what she's going to want for dinner because I know, I know something about her, yeah. right? Um, and so, in terms of wanting to just have a Christianity where you're uh, in love with Jesus, great. Mm. We should be in love with <laughs> Jesus. And in fact, one of the things, one of the some of the books that I push most are books about Jesus, mm. because the more you know about him, the more you see who he is in his mm. person the more you see what his heart is like towards sinners and sufferers like you and I, mm. the more you see his power to, to achieve, you know, to do things, the more you see his sovereignty over mm. all the little aspects of your life, the more you see his eternal big picture plan of the whole of creation, the more you see his in re- relationship with the Father and mm. how that flows onto us because we're united to him. Like all of these things yeah. will just draw you closer and closer and more and more in love
0: mm. with him. So and, it really is missing out uh by not I guess maybe study is the hard word that uh but not diving deeper into uh, into knowing more of God and just on that experiential level, you, you do miss a lot of of going deeper with his attributes.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And and I yeah, I probably wouldn't even use the word study. Mm. Um I mean, yeah, like you said before, I think study sort of conjures up the picture of a table full of books and, <laughs> and notes and time and energy and and it's um, like that's more onerous than what I have in my mind when I think mm. about reading yeah um, I'm thinking of I mean where, where I would start at little books on the attributes of God mm. or little books on the gospel and or on the person of Christ mm. and you can just plug away even a few pages a day or you'll find that you're churning through books and you're learning so much about this God that you worship um, and that the Jesus that you want to love more.
0: Coming into to Reformed uh, theology starting to get recommendations of books and things like that, it's like I've just got to buy all the books. <laughs> uh, where should someone start if, if they're not going to necessarily start with the Bible or a commentary or something like that? What are some of the kind of uh, places that someone can start?
1: Yeah, I mean the thing about books is there's a book on almost every different mm. topic right? and usually people have something in their life that Mm. they're thinking about or they're concerned about. Um, And so a lot of people will start with a Christian life book. Maybe Mm. they're they're struggling with prayer, so they'll pick up a little book on prayer. Or they're struggling with anger, so they'll pick up a book about anger. A lot of people will start there, which is great. And I think that you should. Mm. If you're struggling with some issue in your life in particular, you should go and find a good book on it and read it. Um, in terms of theology, if you wanted to start reading more theology um, then that that's a different question. Mm. I guess to begin with we should define theology right um, and so theology is theo God ology the study of mm. the study of God uh, and so that's why I would always suggest that you do start with something about God. Um, right. there's lots of theology books on different things on the topic of scripture or on the topic of um, the church and there's all, all different areas of theology uh, in terms of how theology flows out into people's um, uh, into people's life and, and, uh, and beliefs but uh, I would definitely recommend starting with the attributes of God attributes so something God. like the attributes of God by, by Pink mm. or the Blessed of boundless God by George Swinnock or God is Uh, which is a devotional that goes through The Attributes of God by Mark Jones. Um, One of those three you'll find very easy to read, very short, and will give you a a really good look at theology proper, Mm. the study of who God is and what he's like.
0: Now, a lot of the books that uh, I've noticed that are recommended, so J.C. Ryle's Holiness, those Mm -hmm. kinds of things like that, that they're very in-depth, but they're from guys that lived a while ago. Uh, And I feel like uh, sometimes they can the wording can get people hung up on, like it's just hard to read those kinds of books. Uh, how, how would you go about reading something that is a bit older in its language uh, that people might go, oh, I just can't get past how it's read. How would, you, how would you recommend getting through that?
1: Well, the first thing I'd, I'd su- suggest is ha- have a look around uh, because a lot of, a few publishers are redoing right. the, those older works in language that is very easy for us to understand. So for example, if you want to read the Puritans, there's a series by Reformation Heritage called Puritan Treasures for Today. There's a dozen odd books there which will keep you going for a while where every single sentence has been edited so that it reads like right. it was written yesterday. But the content is basically identical. Wow. Um, and so you don't have to give up on the old guys if, if <laughs> you if you struggle with the language. Where they're redoing um, the the concept. so. For example, there's a book out this year called Gentle and Lowly, which is about the heart of Christ. And really what, he, what the author's doing is pulling on the works that the Puritans did right. uh, across a, n- a number of years, across a number of different Puritans. And so you're going to get the guts of it. You're going to get the, the content, but presented in a very modern mm. way. And then lastly, I'd say, I'd say that uh, reading is all about plotting. Right. Uh, and so the language can make it difficult um, to read quickly, potentially. But if you just read a page and got something out of mm. that, um, that's fantastic. And I'll just add one, one more <laughs> thing, <laughs> so, Keep going. which is, which is that um, you don't actually have to understand everything that you read. Right. So one of the other things that I've tried in a difficult book, so um, I picked up something by Owen, who's the guy who's um generally put as very difficult to mm. understand and i sped read it right. i didn't i didn't get everything out of it but i did get something mm. out of it right and it just meant because um, i think what happens is when you find the language difficult you start reading a page and you go or, or a sentence or a paragraph right and you go oh i have to read that again <laughs> and then you get to the end you go yeah i'll give it another try yeah. right and so you just get bogged down yeah. trying to reread and understand exactly what they're saying. But you, you'll find that if you if you just force yourself to, to push through, uh, you'll actually get the concept
0: mm.
1: of the whole um, book and you'll pick up something out of it. And then the next time you go back in a couple of years or um, something like that, you'll have a much better grasp of that particular concept. Mm. So I wouldn't recommend you do that. You know, all the time you only read the most difficult yeah. books you can find, right? There's plenty of stuff out there where you can jump in and it's not hard. Uh, it's very easy to do. And I'd start there. Uh, but then if you want to bite off something a bit trickier, try that. Try just yeah. uh, just pushing the whole way through it
0: and um, not yeah.
1: worrying too much that you didn't understand, you know, Every a few paragraphs.
0: <laughs> yeah, I find that sometimes I'll, I'll read a, a paragraph and I'll just be like, I don't remember anything. Like <laughs> and so I'll read it again. And it's very much that. Still, not yeah, bad. yeah, yeah, it, it, it kind of just glazes over a bit. But uh, one book I found, uh, I think it's uh, none greater, yep. uh, by Barrett. Barrett, great book. Yeah, the undomesticable yeah. attributes of God. That's been uh, really incredible to, to read, yeah. and that is a newer, yeah. a newer book that that language comes through, which is really cool. There's so much material out there that that is good. How do we distinguish what is good material? and what is bad because growing up um, in church for the, my whole life, uh, there, were, there were books out there that I, I look back and I, I thought that was the bee's knees of, of biblical, sound biblical uh, research and, and, and these guys know what they're talking about. How do we discern what is good and what isn't?
1: Well, you get your books from Reformers Bookshop. <laughs> <laughs> good plug. And that's all we have today. <laughs> Um, and I, and I'm serious, right? Because there, there's there's literally like a hundred thousand Christian books or something mm. published every year. So it's just the numbers are insane. And so if you're trying to assess every different book, yeah. then that's that's probably not going to be the most achievable way of doing it. That's my job. I do that. <laughs> um, but but if you um, weren't going to shop here, then another way you can you can un, have a idea of whether or not something's good is to look at the author Mm. Um, I mean one of the good things about I guess it's good but one of the good things about the the Christian book world is that um, many authors are prolific so um, you might find that you uh, enjoy MacArthur's work and that will keep you going for five years, right? Right. (laughs) Just reading every book he's written, right? Um, well maybe more than five or, or, and there's, and there's a wealth of them. So you can go and read Sproul and you can go and read, um, Joel Beakey and, and you could just go on and on Mm. and on, um, with the, the solid reform sort of guys from today. The other way is to go back and read the Puritans and the reformers, you know, Luther and Calvin Mm. and, um, and the, the Puritans like Bunyan and Owen and um, Swinnick and Thomas Goodwin and guys like that and uh, and again you you'll never run out of material because there's just there's <laughs> they, so much, they wrote it? they wrote so much yeah. uh, and you'll find that it's all wonderful
0: yeah yeah uh, coming from a Pentecostal background uh, one of the things that we we trust uh, authors who have churches that are super large so obviously that translates as they, they're doing something right. right. So how do you distinguish, do you, you bring it back to what the Bible says in mm-hmm. everything? Uh, what about if it sounds biblical? How do you know if it's not actually biblical?
1: Yeah, that's well, that's a good question. So you're saying as you're reading, yeah. how are you assessing? Um, and I mean, what, it's, it's a tricky question, right? Because if someone's um, doing a good job of, of something false, mm. then it's going to sound very compelling. Yeah. Um, and it might even be hitting the spot for you like you wanted them to say that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, so, that, and, and that so, was very much yeah. what it
0: was. It was like, yeah, this is exactly, it's hit me right when I need to. Exactly, right
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, this is where things like having a grasp of. Uh, well, knowing the Bible, so having read the Bible and being able to pick when they're using a text that's out of context, or they, they're pulling something completely at odds with, you know, what Paul believed in terms of his theology. Mm. They're pulling something completely at odds with that out of a text that he wrote. Right. Um, so read your Bible. That's a really good place to start. Um, sit under under good preaching. Those sorts of things, so that you're building. A knowledge of how to interpret the Bible. Um, apart from that, it's probably helpful to get a little bit of a grounding in um, a biblical theology and a systematic theology. Right. Um, so, if I, I there's a category of books I call reference books that you should just have on your shelf yeah. all the time um, because they're all, you don't have to read them cover to cover straight <laughs> up, but but they're so helpful. And a systematic theology is one of those. So you should definitely have something like Lewis Burkhoff or Grudem or um, uh, John MacArthur's got one a systematic theology, which just works through the different categories of thought um, that you find in the Bible. So, yeah. for example, they they most of them will start with how do you know something, yeah. um, and it'll be the doctrine of Scripture essentially. So we we know things from from nature. Nature tells us something about God. We know things from Scripture. There's divine revelation. You can't know everything from nature, um, but Scripture is will tell you everything you need to know about Mm. God, right? And then we'll go on to the doctrine of God: who is God? What is He like? The doctrine of Christ, the doctrine of man, the doctrine of sin, uh, the doctrine of the church, the doctrine of the last things, and a bunch in between as well. Right? And if you have, you know, if you slowly plod through something like that. then you'll find that you build a bit of a framework in your head mm. as to okay what what is biblical christianity um and you you know they say when when you want to train a bank teller to spot a counterfeit uh, you don't give them all the different counterfeit notes to study right you, you give them a real note and you tell them to feel it and smell it and you know look at it and yeah. look at it from every different angle and every different light and but because by knowing the real thing they'll spot a fake every time right and so that's where um we've been talking about books about the attributes of God, but the other book that I recommend people read really early on is something about the gospel mm. you know the, just yeah, really ground <laughs> it really ground yourself in what is the gospel mm. um you know and all and all the different aspects of it so that so that you can spot a counterfeit right so that as you're reading something and it's telling you that um if if you Obey God, then you have a wonderful life. Mm -hmm. You can go, Hang on a second.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's not the gospel. You know? Your best life now. (laughs) Yeah, something like that. Yeah. It is hard, uh, unfortunately, and being in that for so long, it is hard to to know what is counterfeit when all we're doing is building a, a theology based on what others have said and we aren't grounded in what the Bible says. How do you balance that? Do you go, Okay, I'm just reading what scripture says. Uh, and, and nothing else, or I'm just going to go on the other end and read only what books say, and oh, I could put the Bible aside because they give me Scripture in that. How do you balance those two two sides?
1: Yeah, good, qu- good question. Um, so I don't think there's anything wrong with just reading the Bible for a period of time. <laughs> um, I, and definitely you should always be reading the Bible, yeah. right? Because any good book we'll just be uh, building its argument off scripture. Mm. Um, so that's another good way to spot a good book, yeah. right? Is to, are, they, are they starting with scripture and explaining what the Bible says about a topic? Um, because that's what our life is all about, mm. right? Um, God has told us uh, through his word everything that we need to know. Um, he says to Timothy, it's God breathed so that we would know every, mm. or how to do every good work. And so everything we need to know is in there. So every good book, should be building off what's, what, already, in what's already in there, right? And just bringing it to light in a new way. Um, so I would... You should always be reading the Bible, but um, let's imagine that you you're, you decide for the rest of my life, I'm just going to read the Bible, I'm not going to read anything else. Well, again, we're back to where we started, mm. right? You're now missing out on... You, you think You think that your mind is good enough to work out... <laughs> Um, the to plumb the depths right. of the riches of Scripture why wouldn't you go and learn from someone mm. who's who's soaked their mind in Scripture for 20 30 40 50 60 years and and maybe even has a better mind than you shock <laughs> Um, why wouldn't you go to them and learn yeah. something about what they pulled out of Scripture right because when you start reading the Puritans you you'll discover that you're basically just reading their their thoughts about scripture, right? Most Puritan books are here's a here's a verse. Now let me walk you through that verse mm. in three hundred pages, looking at it from this angle and from that angle and from that angle. And what about this thought? And and how do we apply it here and there and the other place? You know. And so it's just just marinating in scripture. And we don't read like that these days. Mm. We don't read the Bible like that these days. And I don't think you always have to read it that way. But why wouldn't you go to someone like yeah. that and learn from them, right? Why would Why wouldn't you go? Oh wow! I never thought of that verse in that way. Mm. I never thought of how it applies to my life in that area. And so I think you just you're just selling yourself short.
0: Yeah, I think one of the uh, one of the the key's in that is that you you come back to what scripture says but find out what people have said about scripture and again not just what they're uh, they're trying to sell a book on a certain topic and and then I'm just going to find all the scriptures from all the different translations on that that kind of somehow fit in and it justifies my point but what does the scripture say and how do we unpack that more than into And I guess that comes into the same as how we hear preaching as well. Uh, so there's, there's things about, I guess, the context. It would be a very big one, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Like knowing the context of a book. Uh, there's a really funny word called hermeneutics. How do we... Should I know the Hebrew and the Greek and the historical context of Scripture? Or especially being... English is my first language. Someone might have a different first language and isn't Hebrew or Greek or Aramaic. Uh, how do we get the riches of it if we're just reading it ourselves? Um, but how do we, if we don't know who to go to, how can we still look at Scripture and and get not what I want out of it, but what it actually says? How do you, how can we do that um, without having all the knowledge of, of languages and stuff like that?
1: Yeah, sure. So there's, there's a doctrine called the perspicuity of Scripture. Uh, so it's the, the word... Uh, similar to the word perp- perspex, right? Sim- similar root, yeah. and it means that it's clear. You can see through it. Mm. You can you can under. And the idea is that the that someone who doesn't have all that knowledge, who hasn't studied for years and hasn't been reading the Bible for ages, can understand what it's saying. Mm. It's 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 clear to all. Um, you might not be able to plumb the depths of it as richly as others can. But you can understand it. And so um, I think that's important to say. And then the other thing is that in terms of um, understanding Scripture itself, you have the example of the Bereans in Acts. Mm-hmm. Um, and they understood another idea about hermeneutics, which is that you interpret Scripture by Scripture. Yeah. And so as Paul was uh, speaking to them about what the Bible said, they went, oh, okay. I, I like I, I. It sounds good. I'm going to go and check yeah. what other what the text says and what other texts say about that. Same idea, and I'm going to see whether or not what you're saying is true.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and so you can do that even even as you're reading. Let's say you're reading a text and you go, "Oh, I think it means this." Um, well, be a Berean even about your own interpretation mm. of that, and go and check the other scriptures. Right. So that's where reading broadly at, across the scriptures. Um, helps Mm -hmm. and uh, we can go back to not just the systematic theology but a biblical theology having some idea of the flow of scripture and understanding of the way that God has worked throughout history right biblical theology is just the storyline of scripture Mm -hmm. God starts with creation and Adam and then there's the fall and then Abraham and Israel and exile and uh, through to Jesus and then the early church etc and so if you can get a little bit of an understanding of of the history of redemption or, or of revelation mm. throughout the whole of scripture that can help in terms of going okay so as i'm reading an old testament law i might i might read it and go oh that means i should do this <laughs> right yeah. but but and you it gives you an idea of the context yeah. um and you can then Maybe go. Oh, I wonder if the New Testament comments on that sort of part of the law or something like that. And so you can start reading scripture alongside scripture, and and really that. I mean, I was reading Matthew this morning, and that's that's basically what the New Testament is. Mm. It's a it's a commentary on the events around Jesus and Acts with scripture and interpreted based based on the Old Testament, mm. right? Um, and so in the first uh, three chapters of Matthew, I think I counted six. Old Testament quotes, yeah, and Matthew in particular because he's writing to the Jews, <laughs> right. right? Yeah, but um, but he's basically saying Jesus did this, and see, the Old Testament said he was going to, <laughs> so he's he's doing what we're talking about. He's interpreting events and and the claims of of Jesus even based mm-hmm. on based on the Old Testament, and he's saying, oh, this is this is actually the Messiah. Look, he's doing everything that was prophesied,
0: right?
1: Um, and so, I don't know if that helps, but. <laughs> That, no, it's good
0: because it, it flows into what I was going to ask next. What is the danger of uh, of not having, uh, especially in, in light of what we see going on right now, uh, not that we're going to get into eschatology or anything like that, but just seeing how some professing Christians are responding to some of the world events that are going on. What's the danger of not being grounded in biblical theology and a systematic theology uh, when when we don't know what Scripture is really about and we take those verses out of context to help support something that maybe we shouldn't support, uh, some movements we shouldn't support or those kinds of things, uh, but because a verse in the Bible says it in such a way that could be taken that way, what are some of the dangers when we don't get the context and that that biblical theology of of the story of redemption from start to finish what what happens when we miss that
1: oh well i think you just you just said it in <laughs> in that um in that you can basically make the bible say whatever you want it to mm. say um you can you can take verses and put make them, put them together to make it say all sorts of different things um but i think i think what we're seeing today is more that it's it it is difficult to have thoughts through every different possibility right Mm. um and so like have you thought about how race is described in the bible Mm. and how that applies in us in a um in a society like ours like a say a a democracy sort of situation like it's they're not easy issues Mm. to work through um and so i don't i don't know that it's it's as easy as saying, "Well, if you just do these three things, <laughs> then you'll be all right. But, but um, yeah, it is. It is important that we are reading the whole of Scripture and basing our views off off the whole thing.
0: How do you go about uh, with with books? Some of the some of the the books that are bestsellers, uh, like someone wants something like uh, Jesus Calling. I don't know if you've heard of Jesus heard Calling. Of Jesus Calling. Uh, yes. That is. Uh, well, let me, let me just read what, what a bit of it says, because uh, it's quite an interesting book, which, again, I thought was a brilliant way of doing devotion. Uh, but the more I study what the Bible says and what others in church history have said, I understand that it's not. But let's, let's just have a look at what it says. Uh, the author writes, I began to wonder if I could receive messages during my times of communing with God. I had been writing in prayer journals for years, but that was one-way communication. I did all the talking. I knew that God communicated with me through the Bible, but I yearned for more. Increasingly, I wanted to hear what God had to say to me personally on a given day. Does that negate what 2 Timothy says about all Scripture is God-breathed? Is there the danger in, in going, well, what's God saying if, if you read jesus calling and you see that it's this automatic writing where you just clear your mind and just write whatever uh is it saying that scripture isn't sufficient enough like what how do you it's a best-selling book how do you the the numbers don't lie kind of thing how do you talk to someone about something like that as well
1: um yeah i mean it's it's almost that she's saying the scripture is not efficient enough, as mm. well as yeah, <laughs> this, is, this is not doing it for me. Yeah, Um you I know, need outside sources. That's right, and so yeah, I think I think in that situation, it's about do you actually believe that God has your best interests at heart when He designed the way that He would communicate to His mm. to His people, right? Because God seemed to think it was best, <laughs> <laughs> right? As per as per the the Timothy passage that. He communicated to us in a book mm. that was written across centuries by many different authors, all with one theme, showing you the glories of Jesus mm. Christ and, and the salvation that he brings. Um, and and God thought that was a good idea. And he thought that that would... In fact, he loves to use it mm. to, to um, grow us uh, and to shape us into the image of his son. And that's the tool that he likes to use. And so when you start to pull away from that and say, "No, I'm going to try something else in terms of getting my communication from God,"
0: mm.
1: what you're really saying is, "I think I think I know better <laughs> than God does. Yeah. Like, really, God, this is a stupid way of communicating to me. I, I don't. It doesn't feel good to yeah. me. It doesn't work for me. So I'm going to come up with something else." Well, I don't know if you can say that to the Creator of the universe. <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah, it seems almost like I see what you're saying in this book, but. Can you say something more to me personally? Like that's not personally for me.
1: Well, well, it is, the the problem really is is along that efficiency line. It is personally to you. Mm. It's just you don't want to do the hard work <laughs> of actually living it out, yeah. right? Because as as you read, it, it says things like go and love your neighbor, mm. go and love your wife, go and teach your kids, go and work hard for my glory. Go, and, you know, and it, it's very practical uh, in the way that God speaks through His Word. And he tells you how he loves you and, mm. and what he's done for you. And he tells you what he's like so that you can trust him in every circumstance. And it's so intensely practical, but you have to actually do the work of of recalling it to mind in those instances. Because mm. the, the real problem with us is not usually that we don't know the right thing, um, or maybe that's part of it. But it's that we don't know the right thing at the right time, mm. right? When you're, when you're going through that difficulty during that day, like she might, she might have woken up and gone, oh, I have to make a really hard decision today, <laughs> right? Or, or I've got family conflict that I just, I just don't know what to do with. Remembering what God says about how to act in that moment mm. when your anger's flared up at, at your sibling or whatever, um, that's where it's tricky. Right. It's easy to know what the Bible says about how to live when you're not in those yeah. difficult situations, and so I, I think people would love to be able to say, you know, pe- people would love it if God said, "I want you to do, I want Tom, I want you to be an engineer and I, yeah. uh, <laughs> go and uh, go and study here, and I and I want you to go and marry Shamira, and I want you to have six and a half kids and whatever else." <laughs> six right. and a half. <laughs> <I don't laughs> I'm just saying, like we we would love God to give us all these very particular mm. directions, which I think is what. Um, Sarah, someone, I think yeah, Sarah Young, I Sarah think Young, name. Yeah. Is, go- is going for right. She wants to know exactly what God mm-hmm. wants her to do, or maybe she wants to know exactly what God's thinking about her that day. Mm-hmm. But she's not willing to work with the means of grace, the the, the way that God has chosen to work um, through His Word, through prayer, through the preaching of the Word in church, through Christian fellowship, etc. And so she wants to come up with something else.
0: Mm. And I think we see that uh, not just in, in books, but uh, in, we can find that in churches when it's very much um, people that profess Christ. They, they, want that, they want that God speaks to them personally. And so it's like, oh, God's told me to do this, or God's put this uh, on my heart and stuff like that. And it's like maybe you're seeing that your desires, you're using God's name. To, to Which is a out. really, really dangerous thing to yeah, do, right? Like. <laughs> it is, and and so I, I guess coming back to what does the Bible say? Is that in line with with, with God's will for your life? How do you know that He wants you to, to go and do that? Like, I I think yeah, uh, I think um, we can really we can really understand whose voice we're listening to more if we just come back to what Scripture says, and looking at what other people have written, not just saying this is how you need to hear God's voice on a daily basis, but expounding on what does Scripture say about who God is and how he's unfolded his means of of communication Mm and stuff like that. So I think that that is a a good uh, note to end on for today's episode. Tom, thank you so much for, for joining me on this show. Uh, it's been a wonderful insight into understanding, studying a bit more or not using the word study, but <laughs> un, 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 understanding more of how God has communicated and, and, and what kind of books we can be looking at if we want more to know more about who God is. Uh, is there any book recommendation you could give? I know you said uh, to, to know about the gospel. Is there a, a great book recommendation outside of scripture uh, to understand what the gospel is?
1: Yes, yeah, so Paul Wash's little booklet, The Gospel of Jesus Christ, would be a really good place to start.
0: All right, yeah. great. All right, you can find more at uh, reformersbookshop.
1: reformers.com.au
0: reformers.com.au, <laughs> there yeah. you go. And on Facebook, uh, YouTube, YouTube and, yeah, all sorts of lots places. Of other places. Yeah. All right, thank you, Tom. And thank you, Pilgrims, for listening in. I'll catch you next time. <laughs>